Hello and welcome to the Greg Fearon podcast with your host Greg Fearon and today is part two with the, before I get told off, the, <laughs> the I'm saying it again, the female empowerment coach Hannah Watkins. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Thank you so much. I think, I think we needed to jam after that part one. We talked about yeah, definitely. things. Um, so there was something that and for the for the for the listeners, go back and listen to the previous episode because it's a it's a gold mine, literally of just yeah. Just dive right into that can of worms. Yeah, and then come Head back first. Yeah, share share it first and then come back. But I want to talk about <laughs> restriction. Okay. Because you mentioned it in the last podcast, and I just want to dive into it a little bit more about this. Like in the world, it's kind of crazy that we have this thing where everyone wants everything yeah fiction does that make sense uh-huh yeah what's that about because you can't have that right there's I hear so many people especially those that want to lose weight I mean bear in mind I think that we should first say that obviously you and I coach people largely to lose weight that's a big part of what we do yep. but I don't know if you find the same the principles that I know I teach with regards to weight loss, and I'm, sh- I'm, sh- I'm sure that you experience the same thing. They bleed out and they apply to everything, you know? So like the weight loss coaching, whilst you're training someone and helping them to lose weight, it also improves so many other areas of their life as well. Yep. And I think this is, this is the thing with restriction because it's one of those applicable things because so many people think restriction is a bad word, mm-hmm. you know? And that there's this feeling that, you should not restrict yourself, you know, that you should be able to live unrestricted um, because somehow if you restrict yourself, it will cause you to then overdo it at some point down the line. So that we, so the answer is to not restrict yourself, which is ludicrous in my opinion. (laughs) I I, I literally did a ludicrous, like, you know, the rap part, I literally did like a, yeah. Um, (laughs) But I think you're right because it's, it's, um, you know, we, we make a joke of it, right? Of have you can't have your cake and eat it. Yeah. You don't want to be a jack of all trades and master of none. So we say it, but then defy the word restriction. Is it just because of the word or is it something else? I don't know. I think it's our association with it, you know, because I mean, when I was a child back in the, in the eighties, I was born in 1980. My first experience of like someone being on a diet was my own mum. You know, she was on a diet back in the 80s. It was all about women should eat a thousand calories a day, regardless of their height, weight, you know, age or any of those things. It was just a a blanket applied number. It was a thousand calories. That's what you had. You had meal replacement shakes, you know, and that that was my first uh, experience of someone trying to lose weight by being on a diet, quote unquote, and having restriction. And I just remember looking at her doing that just feeling so miserable you know in this in this kind of way that she was going about things and since the 80s you know there was the low that was like the low fat brigade wasn't it and then there was the low carb brigade and then it was let's do keto and then it was let's do paleo and Atkins and all these other diets that have come and gone since then and I think that these we we constantly look for the answer in these diets that keep coming and going, but none of these diets have thus far provided it yet. Mm -hmm. That's where we keep looking. 
and the diet industry changes and evolves. And I think that as people lose faith or with one particular type and the next fad diet comes in, it's really just because we've got bored of that one and we've realized that that one isn't isn't working. So, oh, look, there's a new shiny one that's on the horizon. And I think that what they all try and do is promise that you can have these amazing results effortlessly. You can have them come, you, you can have them comfortably. You know, if you do our diet, you don't have to count anything. If you do our diet, you can have limitless this or unlimited that. You know, this is free food. This is this food. And they all promise that the, yeah, they all promise that the journey will be easy, Mm. you know. And then when people realize that actually, no, it's not easy and arguably neither should it be, that's when people get disheartened and quit, I think, in a lot of cases. I don't know. Do you find the same? Well, I think, I think we have got this error of, like you can ha- you can be and have everything, mm. but that's not quite true. I think I think that's the big challenge for me is like you you can't I don't know run a, a great business but always be up at every night watching Netflix. It just doesn't. Yeah. Or at some point you're gonna break and burn out. Mm-hmm. Um, by the same token, like you said, you, you can't you can't expect to be really lean and look I don't know a certain body fat without maybe not eating so much chocolate like yeah without doing the work that goes with it yeah I think the problem is the problem with restriction and I think that you know there is evidence out there and there are people that suggest that certain foods are addictive you know like there is a lot of evidence to suggest and a lot of theories to suggest that perhaps sugar is addictive you know and those kind of things and I'm not saying whether it is or isn't because that's not my bag I'm just saying that those theories exist but if it is true to say that we have these emotional attachments to food, which you could argue are addictions. You know, what about if you were to apply apply the same logic to another addiction, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So if you do that, someone recovering from any other kind of addiction, the answer would be abstinence, yeah? Say for example, Greg, you're an alcoholic and you're recovering, right? Your alcohol recovery coach. (laughs) How did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I've seen your Instagram, no. There, there is no point where they're ever going to tell you that, oh, okay, so for you to recover from your use of alcohol, you can have beer, but you can't have wine. You can have vodka, but you can't have brandy, right? They're going to tell you abstain from it. If you want to break this addiction, if you want to recover from this and be somebody who is not addicted to alcohol and overuses it, you've got to stop having it. That's restriction, surely. No, but it's different. It's not the same. It's di- it's different. It's not the same. Sorry, I hear <laughs> I hear that little that little thing on TikTok all the time. It's hilarious, but it's different. It's not the same. I mean, th- the thing is, I I I very much um, think that restriction is the restriction can be a really good thing if hmm. if it comes from a place of you know self love and self worth rather than punishment. You know, you should never restrict to punish yourself. Um, You should never restrict, I think, using willpower. But if you're restricting because you have the best interest for yourself in mind, then restriction can be a really good thing. You know, I restrict, I'm a a mom of three. My youngest is four years old. I restrict her behavior and her food intake all of the time. I don't let her run off without holding my hand, for example. It would be dangerous. I restrict what she wants to eat because her little four-year-old brain sees sweets and chocolate. I want all of those things for breakfast. We can't have all of those things for breakfast. That's not healthy. I've got your best interest in mind. So I steer her and guide her towards, Mm. 
you know, porridge with fruit in it, for example, or strawberries and yogurt or, you know, I don't know, whatever else. But all of that is arguably restriction, surely. I'd agree. And I think <clears throat> this is the problem. Like the word diet, I feel sorry for the word diet. Like I feel, I feel really sorry for the word diet because it got picked on by everyone doing the, so this is, this is the clever thing about fitness and nutrition marketing, right? And there's a very clever saying in it, which is throw stones at their enemies. That's a, a, yeah, a yeah, yeah. idiom, isn't it? It's like a hard, fast rule, throw stones at the enemy. So yeah. what's happened is, is that people have been told now diets were really bad, throw stones, throw stones. Yeah. But what's happened then is people have this attachment with the word diet. And actually the diet isn't the problem. It's actually how we feel about ourselves it's a problem not yeah exactly the word diet yeah well the word diet exists it's a circumstance and it's neutral until you apply a positive or, me- or negative meaning mm. to it you know but if i if i look at for example my own my own self then you know I, i'm talking purely about me and then people can say whether that's applicable or not whether that resonates or not i was a i was a real emotional overeater right i used to binge all of the time but if someone were to say to me, right, Hannah, if you want to lose weight, you need to restrict your food intake, right? And then someone else has the restriction argument and says to me, but if you restrict, that then causes you to binge. So the answer is not to restrict, right? Which is, which is ludicrous. This is, this is going back to the ludicrous thing again. So surely, let, let's apply this again. I think we mentioned this last week. So let's apply this to alcohol use. Right? Now let's, let's apply it to something that will really drive the message. I don't know if this is allowed for me to say it, but I'm going to say it and we can, yeah, yeah. We can delete it if not, right? Let's say, let's say someone who is addicted to heroin, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so you've got somebody who is using, who is taking heroin, consuming heroin, and somebody says to them, yeah, but did you notice that when you restrict your heroin, your body and your mind freak out and then you end up overdoing the heroin? So the answer surely is not to restrict the heroin and just do heroin like a normal person. Nobody's going to give that advice, but when it's food, that's the advice we're given. Mm. When you restrict, you then binge or overdo it. So the answer is not to restrict, but that's what's ludicrous. Surely the answer is if restricting causes your brain or your body to freak out and for you to overeat, the answer is to, the answer is there. Yeah, it's in the brain. Yeah, get to the exactly. root. The answer is not, okay, well, re- restriction causes me to binge, so let's not restrict. The answer is, why does that co- cause me to binge? Let's figure out what's going on there. Let's yep. figure out what emotional trigger is happening that's causing my brain to freak out. And then to carry on restricting, but to also deal with your emotional life, which is the thing that was making you restrict in the first place. Because, yeah, you're right. Because none of this stuff is all, um, what's the word, mechanical. That's the way I like to describe it. Mm-hmm. You've got the mechanical side, right? You've got macros, calories, all that stuff. Yeah. But actually all of this is emotional. Mm-hmm. Everything we do is emotional. So, yeah. And that's, I think that's, you, you know, you, we both have a very similar practice is that we don't work so much on the protein macro stuff. Like we do that. We know that stuff. We can, I can count macros in my sleep. Yeah. I can show people, but actually it's all about up here. Sure. Literally everything that you do or don't do is because of how you think it will feel when you either do it or don't do it. Even if you're not even aware of that thinking, because I mean, we have something like 60,000 thoughts every day, 
And we're not aware of every single one of those. In fact, there are loads that we are not aware of. Yet those thoughts are still there and they still trigger feelings. Is that why my brain's so tired every day? (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) That's why your brain's so tired every day. Yeah. So we will, even if we don't realize it, we will go and grab that bucket of Ben and Jerry's at the end of the night because we think it will make us feel better. You know, Mm -hmm. even if we're not aware of it, you know, everything that we do or don't do is how we think it will it's because of how we think it will feel upon the doing or not doing of it, even if we don't realize. And that's a great point to that, because a lot of people will say, I get a craving at a certain point of the day. Yeah. But we know that the craving isn't biological. No, not There's at no all. biological craving, really, for a food. Yeah, okay, we get hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's actually because we've just inbuilt the habit of you have a screen you eat food at the same time sure exactly it's because we have literally programmed our you know our ghrelin and if you want to even look in you know put the scientific names of things onto hormones and stuff to ignite at that time you know we think we eat three meals a day because we are reflecting what biology told us to do but that's not necessarily the case it's literally that we have you know we we have decided that that's when we should eat and that's when we're hungry so actually our environment is actually controlling us, not us controlling our environment. Is that what you're saying? Personally, no. Okay. I don't, I don't think that, um, I don't think that external circumstances have any control over us. I think it's the way we think about those circumstances. Yeah. But I guess, I guess it's that thing of, cause I, here's a common one. I'm sure you get it. I have a treat cupboard and I'm sitting there watching Netflix and I know, oh! <laughs> and I'm like, why is there a treat cupboard? I don't get it. How? Okay, let's just take a look at that and say, right, so what you're saying is in your treat cupboard, I'm going to guess is like crisps, chocolate, all of the stuff that perhaps we want to be cutting down on if we're trying to lose weight, right? The stuff we might want to restrict. <laughs> yeah, the stuff we might want to be restricting. How is it a treat to put food in your body that's not serving you and that you don't need, that's making you miserable in the long run because your, your weight is now making you unhappy? How is that a treat? It feels good in the moment. I just have to satisfy the craving. <laughs> exactly but then you're looking at instant gratification right to take away whatever negative emotion you're feeling at the time even if it's something simple as boredom Mm -hmm. and you're choosing that over your long-term goal your long-term weight loss your long-term health goal what you want most in the long term and that's i think you've just hit the nail on the head you've just i think we can end the podcast right there (laughs) (laughs) done people we're done no because i think that's it it's understanding like we said that for every action there's a reaction and that reaction might have not happen at the time it might happen later on yeah but when you do maybe if you do like weekly check-ins or whatever you get to the week and you're like oh yeah i'm not losing the weight like i said i would yeah but, well, go on. oh sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i was just literally going to say that losing weight is just a series of decisions right there's the big decision I want to lose weight, I'm going to lose weight. And then that's just a series of little decisions that all clock up, you know, Mm -hmm. because you and I both know, right, success doesn't come from what you do now and again, it comes from what you do consistently. Amen. (laughs) Amen. You're you're preaching to the choir here. (laughs) But like, I think you said something earlier about it being hard. And actually, there's nothing wrong with it being hard. No, oh my goodness. Like, um, okay, so my, my partner and two of our mutual friends all ran Tough Mudder on Saturday. And I didn't run Tough Mudder. 
Um, but I mean, I, I have in the past, I didn't run it this time. I went up there later and took our four-year-old because she was going to do Little Mudder, the kids version, when they'd finished, right? And later on, I think the following day, one of the lads that had run it, run it with, um, with Quincy, um, his, he put something on Instagram and then his mum shared it, you know, and it was a really cool picture of them standing at the end, you know, we've just run Tough Mudder, the 15K one and the rest of it. And somebody commented on it and just went, why? Like, why? Why would you do that? And I have this myself. You know, when I've run those events in the past, people will go, why? You know, when I say to them, I have a cold shower every morning. Why? That sounds horrible. Why would you do that? Because I do hard things all of the time. You know, I, knowing something is hard ahead of time and doing it anyway is how we reach the goals we want to reach, surely. You know, when you shy away from anything that's ever going to be hard, where are you realistically ever going to get in your life? You know, because that same attitude that got those three around Tough Mudder gets them through other things in life. You know, it's they are they are three people who really achieve and do and succeed versus the people who go. Why? Who are probably right now sat on the sofa with their food from their treat cupboard watching Netflix. (laughs) I think there's an irony in that because also these same people will be doing that, but they'll be also going, oh, I love that person. She's gone through so much adversity. I can really identify with that story because I hate, you know, that's the classic one, isn't it? Some celebrity who's gone through some adversity. Oh, they're amazing. And I'm like, well, you could be amazing too. Yeah, 100%. It really just comes down to how willing you are to do hard things. Mm. So what's happened have we got soft or is it is it our internal stories that hold us back from actually doing those hard things oh that is a whole whole new subject there oh you i know. know i know I, I mean it's our thoughts around everything you know the way we think about things if, i mean if i were for, for example to take you oh, you're super successful with a really amazing business changing lives like left right and center you know, was there a point when you were thinking, should I or should I, shouldn't I set up this business? And you were like, oh, yeah, but what if I fail? Mm, yeah, it's going to be really hard. You know, oh, but I'm going to have to go on to Facebook and Instagram and do lives and things and everyone's going to laugh at me. And, you know, what if it doesn't work? You, I'm sure you have all of those thoughts and more and then put them aside and did it anyway. JFDI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, go on. And, the thing is, you know, when we when we look at these potential failures that we're so scared of, you know, how many times do you hear someone say, you know, I'm, I've got fear of failure. I'm scared of failing. Oh, you know, time. what if what if you took the word failure away from it and replaced it with the word result? So this isn't a failure. This is a result. I now know that if I do X, Y and Z, it brings me that. That's not quite what I wanted. So if I go back and change X, Y, and Z to another version of themselves from this position of now knowing this, I'm going to get a whole different result next time. You know, mm. I'd rather clock up a hundred failures than sit on my ass doing nothing. Well, you just put the nail on the head, like the whole thing, like you watch a baby and I always love to use this example and a baby of any animal and they will fall over. They will do, and then they just get on with stuff. Yeah. Watch a lion hunt, right? Sorry, sorry, vegans. Sorry. Vegans have no issues with lions. I'm, I'm, team, yeah, I'm <laughs> team, totally cool. I'm I did it on purpose. But no, like you watch the lion hunt. <laughs> the lion will fail. The lion or the, the group, the pride of lions will fail on a hunt 
more times than not. But they didn't go, oh, I think we should give up because, you know. Yeah, they don't even have the, they don't have the ability to think that. So, yeah, it's our conscious thought then, isn't it? Yeah, it's that, it's that conscious thought, that part of what makes us human, that prefrontal cortex, if you like, if you want to be, like, super scientific about it. <laughs> Woo! Check you out. Check you out. But you must have had the same where you felt, like this might be too hard to have a business to help people change their lives. You must've felt the same at sometimes. Yeah. And I think the driving and most fundamental thought underneath all of that was, I'm not good enough to do it. People won't want me, you know, people don't want to listen to what I have to say on Facebook or Instagram. You know, people don't want to hear, you know, I'm going to put a post out and they're going to be like, Oh, why does she think, you know, that we want to listen to that stuff. All just thoughts in my head, you know, and now I realize that what those people think of me is none of my business. And if it's none of my business, why am I letting it stop me doing something? You know, they've got these great things that th- humans have, which are opposable thumbs. They can unfollow or they can defriend or they can just keep scrolling, you know? True. And like you said, this is the thing that holds so many people back. And then once they kind of get it, they just take off. Yeah. But then you have these people just kind of stay in this cycle. So what's that about? Ones who just stay stuck, who kind of moan about maybe their weight or the fact they haven't achieved in their business or whatever. What is it that keeps them stuck? I think the definition of being stuck has to have happened because someone isn't taking action, right? Because if you're moving in some kind of way, you're not stuck. Mm -hmm. You're maybe trying new things and thinking that didn't work. Going back to the hundred failures. Now I know that I'll try this thing. The people I think who are really stuck are not doing anything. And the reason, you know, the reason behind not doing anything, I think can be, can be several things, you know, um, fear of failure. Will it, you know, it's not going to work anyway. So why should I even bother trying? And all of this is like really past focused you know, and this is, again, one of the things that we all do all of the time, yet makes no sense is to make decisions based on our past. But we're not going that way. What we've had in our past is not what we want now. Surely that's why we're trying to change it. We need to look forwards and learn to make decisions from our future, which I know is really super hard because we've never experienced it before. But if you constantly spend your whole life looking backwards, like you miss out on all these amazing things which are in front of you that you can strive for. I mean, just because you've never had it before, does that mean you won't have it or you can't have it? No, that's insane. Well, what here's, I mean, the classic line, I'm sure you've heard this on, and this is, I'm just going to be very honest. This is on where I've had people message me, harass me, stalk me, read my content, watch my videos, reach out and go, I want to have a call. We talk and they go, oh, do you know what? I'm actually all right as I am. Really? Really? Right. So it's not really a question of, do you know what? All of, you know, I've been watching your content for all this time. I've clearly resonated with you. There's clearly something about you that I like. And there's something about you that I think you could help me get what I want. Otherwise, I never would have wasted my time sitting on that call with me. But now it's come to the crunch time. And it's actually, no, I don't want to do it because now if I sign with you and I sign on the dotted line and I send you over some pounds sterling, now I've got to actually do it. (gasps) Oh, money. You know, a scary thought. You've got to put some energy into the game, right? You've got to have skin. Like if you haven't got any skin in the game, like (laughs) where are you ever going to move? Well, like me and um, 
you know, our, our mutual coach, Rich, we were, we were talking about the amount of $27 freebie or like low ticket things I've got in my inbox on my computers and my laptops. Yeah. But I never use. No, but now they've got your email address. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd set up a new email every day just to like, if I want to see, read something and just understand yeah. it, I, I'll give them the dodgy email address because I can just... Yeah. Yeah, that goes back to what we said last time, you know, and that's whether you're going to choose to pay with time or you're going to choose to pay with money. You know, you can pay with money to save time or you can save money by paying with time. Hmm. But the thing is, time is the thing that you can't get back. You know, even even if you're completely skint or in debt, you can always earn more money. You can always get more money from somewhere. One of my favorite clients was someone who said, Greg, I can't afford you. But here's what I'm going to do. Can we reschedule for about three months time? Yeah. So can have a call because I'm going to go and do it. And you know what? She went and I think she got like another like side hustle. She did a few extra bits. She found some stuff to sell. And you know what? I was like, I thought, wow, no, no, she, she's gone. And then she messaged me and said, oh, when are we booking that call? And I was like, huh, what? So like, I'm ready to go now. Yeah, and I've done it. Yeah, I've done it. And those are the stories we love the most because they're the people that just become successful because they just get on with stuff. They just find, right, okay, what can I do? Yeah. My control. Yeah, exactly. Everything is in your control, Hmm. you know? External circumstances, sure, those are outside of your control, but there's a way you can think about it. Let's take literally what you've just described right now, right? Greg, my potential coach, said to me, to do my program will cost you X amount of pounds, right? Hmm. Whatever that number is. Now I can, sorry. Millions. Yeah. Millions. (laughs) And I can either think to myself, well, that's crazy. I can't possibly afford that money. There's so much more that I could be spending on. I'm not worth spending that money on. I need to think about my mortgage and kids first and all the rest of it. Or you could think, do you know what? I actually need this. Nothing I've done so far has worked. This is something that I really need for myself and arguably for my children as well, because I need to be healthier and be around for longer. Yeah. It's going to really stretch me to get it, but I could actually do that if I put my mind to it, hmm. you know, and there's two completely different thought processes. Well, there's a, I think, I think it's actually quite empower, empower, empowering because like when I've, when I remember going to speak to my son and saying, son, you're not getting a Christmas present. <laughs> he was like, my son doesn't care. He doesn't, he's like, oh, okay, dad, as long as you're all right. Yeah. Said, because I've invested in coaching. Yeah. And he was like, oh, that's awesome. That's like, let's do it. Like, go do it. Like, don't, just don't mess it up kind of thing. Yeah. So there, like you say, there's two choices. Like Christmas is a big thing, for example, for a lot of people. For me, it's not a big thing. I don't really give a damn about Christmas, but I can see how people, oh my God, it's Christmas. I have to have Christmas for kids. I have to. Yeah. When actually that could have been invested in coaching or paying off something or whatever, just because they're doing it to kind of fit in with everybody else. It goes back to instant gratification over long-term gains, mm. you know, long-term goals and which one you want most. Yeah, I think we also get scared of, like, not fitting in with the crowd, right? Oh, God, yeah, of course, because if you don't fit in, you die. That's the old, That's the old. you know, the most primitive part of our brain that says, mm. the, you know, the outsider has no chance. Yeah. And it's, it's still there, you know, that primitive brain is still very much there speaking to us, sabotaging us left, right and centre 
But if I don't fit in with the crowd, I'm there for an outsider. That makes me vulnerable. That's where that thought process comes from. You know, most people don't like to be separate. Had a client recently who um, was chosen by her company to host this big um, awards evening they were having, which Mm. is an incredible thing to be asked to do because she was picked on her ability and her personality and that she she was so deserving. And then she's thinking, oh, my God, I've got to stand up on this podium with a microphone and speak to all these people who are all down there and I'm up here and I'm the one they're all looking at. And I said to her, it's because you are now so separate now that you're feeling vulnerable. That's, that's why you feel scared of it. Hmm. And she was like, Oh my goodness, but that's so ridiculous. And I said to her, what's the worst thing that can happen? And she went, well, the worst thing I can happen is I trip over. Um, I say the wrong thing. Everyone laughs at me. So worst case scenario, how bad actually is that? And she was like, it's really not you know <laughs> well if, if, if this helps anybody listening back to this recently I saw a video of um George Bush talking about Russia and all that stuff and he went yeah it's the actions of one man a dictator you know making all these decisions about in you know bombing and invading one country you know that's so helpless like Iraq and then he went oh sugar <clears throat> I mean Ukraine oh I'm 75 years old I can't remember so like Remember your George Bush moment if you ever get stuck with speaking because you could do a George Bush. He got away with it somehow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But do you know what? I mean, I, oh my goodness, I can't think about the number of times I've, I don't know, done a Facebook Live or something else or I've been stood up in front of my clients doing a workshop and I've said something ridiculous or I've got my words muddled and, you know, but ultimately I'm human. You know, nobody, nobody particularly cares. Yeah, after a while, everyone forgets it, right? No one really notices. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, amount of times I, I put, if I do a live, right, I'll stick the words on the side so I can remember what I'm talking about. Do you? Yeah, it's a good idea. Me, I'm talking about a completely different thing. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? When it, gets, when it gets to that, like, really organic stuff where you're really tapping into your heart and soul and that's the stuff mm. that you can't pre-script or that you don't pre-script, you know, that's the gold, I think. Mm. You know, where you, where all of a sudden... It doesn't matter. And that's what it can really matter. Yep. You know, and I used to find here's a, here's a confession for you, right? I'm going to, I'm going to give you, it's so embarrassing, okay. but I'm going to tell you anyway, when I first started doing Facebook lives, I would set the privacy to only me, right? So no one was going to see it. Oh, I do okay. the Facebook live post it. So nobody could see it if I'd cocked it up. And yep. then I would change the privacy to public once I'd done it. Right. right. That's what I used. That's what I used to do with my Facebook lives. And so a little part of me was like, why are you rehearsing this so much? Mm. Just get on there and say the thing that you need to say. And people will either like it or they won't. And either way is completely fine because I can't change what they think and feel. That's their business. You know, and now it's just I can't believe that that ever bothered me as much as it did. But it did. Wow. Yeah, I think I've done, I'm sure I've done similar stuff. Like I've recorded the video before I posted it. And, yeah. up and then after a while, I just got to the point where for, I, I could go live now and just talk about anything. Let's just, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. But isn't that a bit like nutrition and health and looking after yourself? Like you eat really well for a week and then you have a day where you eat too many calories or you just eat too much food, whatever, whatever. But after that gets less and less and just becomes habit. And that's what people well, need to worry about more. Definitely. Hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And I think that it comes down to all those accumulations of all those little decisions, you mm. know, and if you do have a cock up, well then, you know, learn what you can from it and then draw a line under the sand, you know? So for example, okay, I overate last night because I had a cold and I was feeling terrible, you know, and I, I went for the comfort food because I was feeling like shit. Then you know that next time you have a cold, you can foresee that happening and see if there's a way that you might want to play it differently, you know? And as long as you do everything from that place of, I know it sounds all like woo, but as long as you do everything from that place of self-love, self-respect, nothing's done from a place of judgment or punishment ever, you know, you really can't go wrong, I don't think. When you restrict because you have your best interests at heart, because you're worth doing it for, because you love your body now, even though it's, I don't know, let's just pick a number and, and use it. Even though right now I'm a size 18 and I want to be a 12, right? I can still very much love my body at a size 18. It's still completely worthy of doing this for, and I'm doing this because I love myself and because I want to do the best thing for myself. Not I hate my body the way it is and I'll love it once I'm a 12. No, 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 no. You got to love it right now, right? And that's why you're going to the gym or you're power walking up the hill, carrying a pair of dumbbells, if that's what you do, or that's why you're going to um, that's why you're going out for a run because you're doing it because you're, you're worth doing all of those things for mm-hmm. so how rather you, than hating how you, yourself <laughs> all no, the way around. That's perfect. Cause I think this is a really good point. It's like, how would, how do you do it with your clients about how do you get them to get that self-love and self-appreciation? Cause that's ultimately, that's the biggest thing that my clients come to me with is not that they need to lose weight. They need to decide that they're important enough to eat yeah. well, exercise, sleep well, do the things in their life that they want to do that's what we do I don't I don't think we really do nutrition and yeah it's like that much of my work but you know what I think so many people think they've got these really negative thoughts about themselves right they've got their so say factually they're a I don't know they're size 18 right just to pick just to just to pick or they weigh x number Mm -hmm. right and when they think those really horrible negative things about themselves those words that sound really harsh when you hear them from the outside you know when you think those things sometimes I think people make the mistake of thinking that thinking all those negative things about them are what is going to drive them to do something about it I've never once seen this happen I've never once seen somebody successfully lose weight get healthier get this great relationship with food themselves their body their life and all these things that we actually want from a place of from a place of negativity from a place of thinking badly about yourself it never happens when you think I'm fat, I'm ugly, I hate myself, my body's disgusting. And these aren't my words. These are words that people say to me all the time. Oh, yeah. Like my body is gross. I'm really embarrassed. You know, I'm disgusting. I've heard people say this to me. This is not me like making this stuff up. That makes them feel embarrassed, resentful. They feel shame. They feel underconfident. They feel all of these really negative emotions. And when you feel those negative emotions, you can't take positive action from there. It just doesn't happen. When you feel like that, that's when you overeat. Don't bother going for your walk because what's not going to make any difference anyway. And I'm not worth it. And I can't do this. And that just leads you to be in the same place that you've always been and nothing ever changes or worse gets worse, you know? But- so if you were to switch your thinking rather than thinking, you know, my body is fat, my body is gross, my, you know, my body is embarrassing and disgusting and all of those things. If you can think, okay, I have a body that weighs this, but I love it enough to be able to do something about it, 
you know, and I'm a really worth, I'm worth doing this for, and I'm worth the time and I'm worth the investment, then that's going to help you to feel motivated, confident, passionate, you know, all those things that we want to be feeling that are going to get you to walk through the door of the gym, or they're going to get you to get your trainers on and go out for a walk with the dog or whatever it is that is you, that is getting you up and moving. And that's the thing that's going to move your journey forward. Literally everything starts with the way we think. So you made a very, you said something earlier in the podcast about this is a little bit woo, but I think we need to, we need to drop that because I think we've invested enough time and energy in ourselves to go. We understand that what goes on up in here dictates dictates everything. Yeah. And affirmations and talk, how you talk to yourself is like the magic source. It's like mindset on steroids. Yeah. It's, like but you've got to put the reps in and then, yeah. I think that's the problem people expect because they're going to get this big dose of motivation like yeah I'm going to do it and whatever and I'm like yeah it's like it's like it's a bit like a rocket it kind of just goes up and then it just uh... yeah <laughs> so it's actually how you talk to yourself that actually yeah. gets the results yeah it's identifying the thought errors and then looking for positive high quality thoughts empowering thoughts that are really going to serve you and then committing to thinking them mm. and practicing thinking them all the time you know and even if there is a point whereby that positive thought is so far in advance that you can't even reach it's just not believable because if someone was to think for themselves my body is fat and disgusting and i hate it thinking to themselves my body is wonderful and worthy might be too much of a stretch yep. so there's pointless then saying it if you don't really believe it so then just take the negative out rather than saying, I have a body that's fat and gross and disgusting. I have a body. Yeah. And I'm going to move forward with that, you yeah. know, because that's fact. Yeah. And I can go for a, take it for a walk today. Done. Yeah. I can take it for a walk today. Do you know what? Maybe I'll listen to Greg's podcast while I'm walking, you know, because what would make the experience more enjoyable than that? Go to the, uh, listen to the- <laughs> Maybe oh. I can use it to catch up on, you know, listen to a podcast or an audio book or maybe this is the one half hour 45 minutes of silence that I get today I think people are afraid of silence yeah it's exactly why they don't like being bored yeah it's like boredom has a like what is boredom like I'm sure there's a, de- a dictionary definition but boredom actually only exists because you create in your mind yeah and we're taught from a young age that boredom is bad you know, you, you know, kids who oh, don't want the kids to be bored or the kids are a nightmare when they're bored. And yes, like children are different because obviously they are emotionally immature because they're children. Hmm. But to be bored as an adult, I think that the, the issue with being bored is that your thoughts come to the fore. Yeah, thoughts and feelings. You can't. Is that, this is why people walk into a room and they turn the music on straight away or they turn the TV on straight away. And they're like, are you watching? Yeah. Oh, no, I just need to have background noise. Yeah. But like, what's wrong with sitting and keeping yourself company? What's wrong with sitting and observing your own thoughts and figuring out what's going on in your own head? Well, it's that old adage, right? Of if you keep doing the things that you're doing and you're getting the same results, that are, but you're <laughs> different and you're going a bit insane, right? Yeah, well, definition of insanity, isn't it? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting something different mm. to happen. Yeah. You know, and the same goes back to your thinking. If you're thinking those same thoughts over and over and over and over again and wondering why you're not moving forwards, then you need to address the way you're thinking, my friend. <laughs> you know? 
Aim for the men. I love it. I love yeah. It. Um, do you know we could go on forever <laughs> with this stuff? Like, <laughs> I'm sitting again. Ah, uh, episode three, maybe. Yeah, I think we maybe we should. Uh, maybe we should um, pick a subject, and that'll be like episode three, and we'll just like hash it out for a whole hour, and then we'll do the next one. And I know, I know, being vegan is going to come up at some point, so we might as well just address that bad boy. <laughs> I'm not thinking. I have no issue with vegans at all. Like, oh no, no, I'm not from that point of view, but from because it's a really interesting thing to talk about. Should we? Okay, well, maybe the next one could just be. Let's just talk about diets, inverted commas, I hate the word, or ways of eating, and we can jump into the veganism thing, because I think, yeah, it's definitely an interesting area, like, you know, yes, definitely, I'm not even going to go there now, because <laughs> power and stuff, and we, you got stuff to do, I've got stuff to do, um, but thank you very much, this has been awesome, part two, this has been ace, I love this. Yeah, part two. All right, so we're going to do a part three, yeah? Can't wait for part three. Oh, Lord, okay, cool, this is going to be messy. Um, <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe we should do like a oh do you know I had a feeling I had a thought there but I know if I should express it go on threesome <laughs> uh, who are you thinking Chrissy yeah oh my goodness yeah she's amazing that could be that could be interesting well let me see if we can pick it up for the listeners I think they'd enjoy that um, yeah definitely yeah two vegans and a black guy I mean, it's it's the start. Of, it's the start of some kind of new joke, isn't oh, it? Oh my lord! Can you imagine Rich? <laughs> Two vegans and a black guy walk yeah. into a pub. <laughs> walk, walk, into, walk into a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there's your title. There we go. That yeah, that's the title. Okay, let's see if we can hook this up. That would be awesome, I think. Um, and I know, hopefully, you're going to have a podcast soon. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Podcast soon. Yeah. Some source. Okay. Yeah. Let's. Uh, okay. Cool. So we're going to do this for the listeners. Um, but thank you again for just like dropping some absolute bombs. <laughs> absolute just, yeah. So this is why we can talk about this stuff forever because we you care about it so passionately. I know you're good at your stuff. I know you, you change women's lives, so. Thank you, as do you. I do my bit, you know. And <laughs> take the praise, Greg, take the praise. Ah, uh, I knew, I, there you go, you found my kryptonite. It's taking <laughs> praise, I hate it. I was just like so bad at it. It's something I know I need to work on. Why, why are you so bad at taking praise? I don't know, actually. I'm, I don't think I explore it enough. I'll be honest. So if I was to say to you, Greg, you're amazing at what you do, what do you think immediately? Is your audio okay? <laughs> As deflection in its, I know, its, I know. It was, um, in its highest degree. No, no, it was that was that. Here we go. On the podcast, I'm getting coached, people. Um, <laughs> so I think it... It's like an uncomfortableness. That's the feeling that comes up. But what do you think? Because there's a thought that's made you feel uncomfortable. And that's the thought that you might have to dig for. Stay humble. That's the thought that comes up. I should stay humble. Or do I deserve the praise? There we go. So I'm going to get you to answer that question. Rather than say, do I deserve the praise? Give me either I do or I don't. Okay. I do. Now that I can think about it rationally. Okay. So what was your immediate thought that made you feel uncomfortable? I don't deserve the praise. So there's a circumstance that you have no control over. Mm-hmm. Hannah gave me a compliment and Hannah said, you change women's lives. Mm-hmm. You thought to yourself, I don't deserve that praise. That made you feel uncomfortable. That made you deflect. Yep. That's me. So there we go. There we go. 
Boom. So if you didn't want to deflect, how would you have to feel rather than uncomfortable? Just comfortable and accept it. accepting, should I say. Accepting. So in order for you to feel accepting, what would you have to think instead of I don't deserve the praise? <laughs> you got me. Um, yeah, that's the shit I do. Yeah, I'm good at what I do. Yeah. Much better thought, right? Much better thought. No, it does feel much better. It's a much more high quality, empowering thought. Yeah. And I'm trying to be more high quality. So that makes sense. I think that's, I think that's a perfect moment for people to listen to back because that's powerful right there yeah but doesn't it just go to show right that even the best coaches in the world which of course you are one of have to do this thought work also we have to work on ourselves all of the time reps 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 you know and there is a direct correlation between how successful a person is whether that's in the gym whether that's with their weight loss whether that's with their body whether that's with their business there's a direct correlation between that level of success and the way they think. Might drop. Perfect. Now I think you're, you're wholly right on that one. That is so true. That is so true. Okay. So we need to do that bit. Tell you what, here's, here's I'm going to issue a challenge for you, Greg, and you Ooh. can do the same back to me. Okay. Right? Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Greg's thinking, why did I ever invite Anna on my podcast? Go on, shoot. Let's let's have an episode, right, where we unpick Greg's head. <gasps> All right, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. And you feel free to dig into mine right back. All right, cool. We'll do a vice versa. We'll do one episode for you and for me. Done. We'll, we'll do that as, as proof that we do this and we go through this process ourselves as well. Oh, do you know, we could even stream that live as well. We could stream that live. Yeah, right. literally, both of us in our in our absolute humanity, open for the world. I like the sound of that. <clears throat> cool, let's do it. I think that will help people understand and see that. Yeah, we go through this time. Yeah. we're really because, awesome to see what we do. Because you know what, as a trainer, as a PT, as a fitness and health and nutrition coach, do you ever ask anyone to do something that you're not willing to do yourself? Also, no. Same. Even burpees. Oh. <laughs> oh, even burpees. I have. It's like when people go, "Oh, but they're so terrible." What? Like I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm aware. I've done more burpees than you've had hot no. dinners, mate. <laughs> they're banned with my clients. I'm like, no, you're not doing burpees. You don't have to. <laughs> but the point is, like, we would never set someone else some set someone up with something to do or ask someone to do something else if we weren't willing to do it ourselves straight away look at that day that we all got in the north sea with rich was rich in there with us or was he not yeah he was there he He was was in there yeah 100 yeah right cool let's do this let's do this so uh ladies if you're listening and i know there's a few gents listen share this with your friends and family i think this has been an awesome episode and look out for part three which will get scheduled asap I'll drop links to Hannah's stuff so you can find out about her badassery <laughs> on that episode. Oh, there's a new episode, How to Be a Badass. How to Be a Badass. There you go. There, there you go. go. That's, that's the next one that's where we one. unpick the brains and show everyone there and then how to be a badass. Oh, live coaching. That's going to be... I'm so excited. All right. <laughs> Let's sort this out now. People, right. 
Catch you on the next episode. Talk soon. <laughs> Bye.